2007 was a crazy year. The first iPhone was released. NASA launched the Phoenix Mars lander. And This Is Why I'm Hot reached number one in the U.S. Billboard's Top 100 chart. The man behind the music, Sean Mims, is here with us today. How are you, Sean? How you doing, Robert? I'm doing really well. I've been super excited for our interview. Um, growing up as uh, just out of, out of high school around the 2007 era, I had This Is Why I'm Hot on pretty much every mixed CD I made. So I'm really looking forward to our interview. Oh, man, looking forward to it as well. And you make me feel old, man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my intention, but <laughs> awesome. So um, how has the pandemic been treating you? How are you keeping yourself busy? Uh, I think for me, it's actually been, um, I know a lot of people have had like a really roller coaster of a, of a ride year. Uh, for me, it's actually been a special year because I actually welcomed in the birth of my first child. So I uh, legitimately spent the, the whole year in quarantine, but I guess also I got to spend a whole year at home, you know, with, with my son. So, um, so I mean, I, I, I probably wouldn't look at 2020 the same way as others do out there. Um, I'm, I feel a little bit more blessed that I was able to kind of uh, spend some time, take some time out to spend with the family. Absolutely. That's congratulations. That's absolutely amazing. Um, Thank you. Thank it, you. Uh, do you mind telling us the name of your, of your, of your child, of your kid? Yeah. Yeah. His name is Noah. So um, I'm, I'm a big animal lover. So I wanted, I want, I'm hoping that one day when my son grows up, he'll be an animal lover as well. So I uh, named him Noah. I'm sure he will. And you know, it, it, the kids pick up so many traits from their fathers that I'm sure your love of animals will translate right to him. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Awesome. So let's get right into the questions. Um, okay. Music is my savior. Not only is it an acronym for your last name, but one of the hottest rap albums of 2007. Could you speak to the experience of working on the album and how everything came together? Uh, well, the album, I always like to tell people, um, you know, I, I, got, I had my whole life to make that album, right? So like that, your first album, the first album that people hear from you, um, usually because, because that's your breakout album and you worked so hard to get in the music industry, um, that was the first body of work that I completed. Um, so I kind of had my whole life to work on it. So um, when you listen to the records, you know, some of those records are even even dated older than even when the album came out. So, yeah, records on there, it was released in 2007, but there might be records on there that I actually recorded in like 2002, 2003. Um, and I think not so much the music for me, but the experience of recording the album was was a special one for me and amazing because um, and I always tell people during that starving artist period um, when you when you're not making money that's the most fun that I've ever had as soon as like my career started to translate to income um, I feel like it, it's you know um, I, the fun got sucked out of it and, and yes I was able to do some incredible things and tour the world but but the the, the most fun that I've ever had was was uh, during my starving artist period before the album was while I was creating the album that, you know, that's a really interesting perspective. I really like that. Um, so, uh, so during your starving artist period, uh, could you think of any like particular event or night that stayed with you even through all the success you had uh, later on? I remember um, one of the first tours that I ever did in my career was, uh, was I got to tour with Method Man. 
Um, oh, and man. I was a national opening our act for one of his tours that he put together. We did venues like like House of Blues venues across the country. Um, and I mean, he has a cult diehard audience that that loves his music. And he's such an amazing artist and performer um, that for me, it was um, to me, that was the pivotal, a pivotal point in my career because it, it showed me um, that being an entertainer and performing is different from being a recording artist. It's different from being, uh, you know, a radio artist. So, so even though you may, may see people who have a lot of success on radio um, and television, but that doesn't always translate to actual performances. So for me, that time, that period of time in my life, that tour taught me a lot. And, and honestly, I had a great time on that tour because, you know, we, we went around the country with little to no money. Um, we went around the country in a rental car, you know, uh, driving to every venue, staying in Motel 6s. Um, and and not, not Method Man, but my team did that. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sure he was played stayed in much better hotels than I but for me it was that rock star period I felt like a rock star um with that type of lifestyle back then because that's that's how the rock stars used to tour way back in the day awesome awesome I you know uh Method Man and everybody else that is kind of associated with the the Wu-Tang and everything like that they've been really amazing artists were you like a fan of Method Man before this or did you kind of just, absolutely yeah I, I kind of figured you would be but was that kind of a um a starstruck moment the first time you got to perform or meet Method Man so what what I'll, I'll give you the story the rundown so what happened was in New York City um old Dirty Bastard who was a old obviously rest in peace he was another member of the Wu-Tang Clan um and I performed when when Old Dirty Bass had went to jail. And then one of his first performances when he was released was at BB King's in New York. And um, I got to, uh, I, was, I was invited to play on the same bill as him. Um, and the booking agent at the time who booked me for that show um, saw my performance and decided that, that uh, he was working on a tour with Method Man and was like, look, it would be great if you came out. Um, now, mind you, I don't have the same audience as, as the Wu-Tang. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe some sprinkled in here, but but, uh, but I wouldn't give myself that much credit. Um, they have a diehard audience. And it was a culture shock for me because the music wasn't necessarily the same. I didn't, I didn't have the same music that, that Method Man had to display. So I quickly had to learn during, during my show kind of how to like be, uh, you know, how to, how to control a venue and understand the crowd. And um, no, I mean, I, Starstruck, I probably wouldn't use that word, but I'm definitely a, a fan. And um, and the respect has always been there. He may not even remember that he did that tour with me way back when, but but my respect for, level for him for, for allowing me to be on that tour um, and and then help cultivate my career, you know, I'm hands down a pivotal point in my life. Yeah, that's a really amazing experience. I never got to see Method Man or anybody from Wu Tang live, and I, I really kick myself in the butt oh. for not going after i mean I, you know wu-tang still performs sometimes so I, I i there's still time i guess after this pandemic yes it might be more possible no you got to check a shot it's amazing i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to so going back to the music is my savorite album uh you worked pretty extensively with dj blackout and the blackout movement could you speak to his involvement yep. and how it helped uh the record to reach the heights that it did yeah, I mean, listen. Without Blackout, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. You know, um, um, he was, he was that producer that stepped up, and, and you know, prior to me having a budget or any type of money, 
um, to work with and, and get in the studio with, he was the guy who went out on a limb and said, yo, I, I like him as an artist, him amongst a few other people in the studio back then. And, um, you know, we recorded a lot of music together prior to putting out This Is Why I'm Hot, but that record just, just felt, I felt something in it. And, um, you know, everybody else around me said that that was a great, great song. Um, and, you know, it, it, I, I wouldn't have wanted to do it with anybody else other than Blackout because obviously he was so supportive of my career prior uh, to it taking off. So, um, yeah, we, we, we you know, I, I'm actually, I think I'm probably going to start working. I haven't really said to people that I would record new music, but I think if, if I did, there's only a handful of producers I'd work with and he'd be at the top of the list. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's it's it's really cool that you know, as a young coming up artist, you can have somebody that helps you and works with you, even, you know, with the gamble that the album might not take off and they might not get paid or as much as maybe they would if they're working with somebody big. So, you know, props to DJ Blackout and Blackout Movement. Absolutely. So um, in the This Is Why I'm Hot music video, you get a quick glimpse of a young Remy Ma. How did that come about? Uh, you know what? Uh, rewind back in the day. Um, when, when this is why I'm hot started to kind of like take off on the charts, me being from New York city, um, you know, you, you build and cultivate some relationships and a few people had reached out at the time to jump on a remix. And, um, I remember, uh, you know, a couple people reaching out like, man, who would you want to go with? And, and, um, I think Remy, had gone in the studio and laid a verse down. I don't even know if that's like out on the internet. I hope it is somewhere out there. Um, and she had did, we were working on basically doing the remix, a rap remix version to the record. Um, the, only, the only reason why it was never put out commercially was because I actually released a reggae version of the record that took off. Um, and then I was never able to kind of get back to releasing a hip hop version, but, but uh, shout to Remy Ma, she blessed me with a verse and, you know, um, you know she's dope i mean she she's dope so she actually came out to support the day we shot the video um she came out to actually support so you know shout to remy mom for sure absolutely remy's yeah and then she had like she she really blew up and over the last few years with i know that she had a beef with nikki and a bunch of other crazy stuff so yeah remy's uh remy's awesome and i and i really do enjoy her music so if you guys yeah. watch the uh this is why I'm hot video. There's a moment you can see Remy Ma. And she's holding up a chain that says Remy Ma. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Exactly. So um, <laughs> the game Madden 2008 featured your song Cop It. Did you have a hand in making that happen? Uh, I, I didn't. I don't necessarily, I don't remember what the process was. That was when I was on the record label. I was signed to Capitol Records. Uh, the record, the, the album had just been released. I believe, um, or prior, it was about to be released. And then we were kind of like just shopping different songs to different outlets. And uh, Madden um, asked if they could pick up the Coppet record, which I thought was pretty cool because, you know, I'm, I'm an avid uh, video game player, especially like the Maddens and the 2Ks. And, you know, whenever someone says, yo, let's put put your record in it, to me, that's that's almost like a rite to passage as a, as a, as a hip hop artist to have a song that's featured in a, in a video game, so. Uh, shout out to Madden. I'm st I'm still a player of the game, and yeah, know, shout yeah. out to them for sure. Absolutely. Uh, was there ever a time you were playing the game, and then your own song would come on, like during any of the the plays or anything? Yeah, I, I definitely. Um, at that year, I, I was touring a lot, so I didn't get I didn't get to play as much as I would love to. But um, 
uh, no, I, I, I certainly remember throwing a video game on and saying, wow, like, uh, like I got a song in Madden. This is crazy. crazy. So everybody who's playing this game right now is probably listening to this record. So That's it was actually, awesome. like I said, a surreal moment. And uh, shout out to, to the team at EA Sports and the NFL in general. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that I played that game and, uh, you know, um, there's a lot of pretty terrific artists throughout the Madden series and, uh, they do a pretty good job. So yeah, shout out to Madden. Um, my last question about music is my savior. Uh, you voiced publicly that the album cover for music is my savior wasn't your choice and you didn't care for it. Could you speak to that experience? Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I was, uh, so 2006, we released a record, This Is Why I'm Hot. Um, I was on, I went on the road, I think in May of 2006 to help support the record, push the record all across the country. Um, so from May of 2006, um, I, I didn't get a day off, like it was no days off. I basically stayed on the road. Um, I remember we needed to do a photo shoot. And uh, I, I think I had like a, like a few hours in New York. We, we, we had a photographer come in. Um, they put together the shoot. And, um, you know, so, so basically, I guess, imagine it like this. You know, I, I come into New York, I do the shoot. Um, I never even really got to see the pictures like that to, to, to pretty much say yes or no to it. Um, what happened was I was so busy on the road that someone in the, uh, the art department at the label decided that, they, you know, they would, uh, take the lead on actually putting the album cover together. We had a few different choices to select from. So I got to see that. And then um, I told them that, you know, it was actually the, my least favorite was the one that they actually went with. So um, I was, I was a little upset by that still to this day, because I don't feel like that the cover represented me. Um, you know, um, I, I didn't, I grew up in New York, but if you like look behind my head, there's project buildings and um, yeah, I went to school in a polo grounds, but I didn't grow up in a project. So like, I felt like, like that was a misrepresentation of who I was and, and, and where I came from. And, um, you know, I, I, I didn't like it cause, cause that was my first shot of not having the control, the creative control that I thought I would have going into signing with a, with a major label. Um, and you know, um, I'm, yeah, it wasn't my cup of tea, man. I, I, even to this day, like I still kind of get a little upset about when I look at that album cover. Yeah, it, you know, um, do you think that the, the idea was to portray you as um, someone that you weren't, as in, you know, putting you as somebody who might have grown up in the projects, you know, yeah. uh, playing into that, that, I don't know, stereotype is the best word I can think of? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, that was the, that was the question mark for me. You know, the, with, when you listen to the album and what the album represents, um, you know, I, I mean, like I said, I grew up under some, some, some pretty harsh conditions in my life. I've gone through a lot, but, but I, I never want to be misrepresented. Um, and I didn't understand the visuals, um, and when the way it was connected. So usually there's a purpose, right. For everything. So when you, when you put something together visually and people look at it, you want them to kind of say, okay, cool. This is what, this is who he is. Um, and I didn't understand. And I, I think maybe, um, I mean, the only way that I could probably look at it is if, is if, uh, you know, maybe there's an artist that was hot at the time that that represented that, and they wanted to kind of like sway some of some of his audience, I or him or her audience. I don't know. So, all I know yeah. is that it wasn't it wasn't something that I would have would have chosen. And, you know, um, fast forward 
you know, hence why I, I probably wouldn't do any sort of deals with, with, with a major label. Um, or at least if I did, I would definitely pay more attention because, because I, because my responsibility at that time should have been stop whatever I'm doing, uh, make sure that that's done correctly instead of relying on um, other people to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I'm sorry that that happened to you, but you know, um, every missed opportunity is a, is another opportunity forward. So at least now that you, you, you know, like you said, you know, the, take that extra minute and be like, this is not how it's going to go down. I need, you know, my truth to be represented on my artwork. So awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, let's fast forward a little bit to your guilt album. Uh, your second studio album guilt featured the hit songs move and love roller coaster. You work with talents like Latoya Luckett and tech nine. Could you speak to the process of putting this album together? Yeah. So the guilt album was, uh, was designed to be obviously my sophomore album. Um, um, the way I kind of wanted to do it was I wanted to represent, you know, what I liked even musically. Like I kind of wanted to show people who I was and, and, and that I had the ability to be multifaceted and music not only for the clubs but also you know just give them a little bit more sense of who i was so some of the cuts on that album i feel like a little bit of inviting a little bit more inviting to 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 people to learning who i am um the move record was was supposed to be like a warm-up single off the album where we kind of like you know it was one of those fast-paced uh kick-driven records um that was just supposed to kind of grab the attention. And then with records like Love Roller Coaster, uh, it was kind of supposed to show softer side, you know, cause obviously I do make music not only for, for clubs, but I wanted to make music for like relationships or for women or men or whatever. So I wanted to kind of show all that. And I think when you listen to the album, you'll see that it's cohesive. This gives you different flavor I am and, and, and uh, what I represent. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that album, it, it does feel a little bit more authentic and like it's coming more from the heart. Whereas, and don't get me wrong. The first album music is my savior is a, a fantastic album. It almost felt like guilt was a, a, like more of a dive into your, your thought processes and, and your life uh, in a, on, on a more personal and authentic level. So it's a, it's a really good album. If you guys haven't listened to it, jump on Spotify. Absolutely. And look, up, look up Guilt. It's great. The name Guilt came from the guilt you experienced from the comparison of your life of fame and fortune and the people in your life that were struggling. Was that something you anticipated going into music? No. So, I mean, listen, you know, no one ever, you know, it's almost like the, uh, the basketball player or the football player or whoever that basically just blows up. And then and all of a sudden you, you're making all of this money. Um, you, you're able to kind of, you know, move yourself out of, out of the neighborhood you grew up in. And there's no crash course for that. Right. You know, no one, no one ever knows, like, I mean, people go through it, but you, but it's, it's really like just a change of pace and a culture shock. Um, and I think for me, you're talking about 2007, 2008, 2009, this was during like one of the most difficult times the country has ever faced in, in our lifetime. Meaning, you know, we went through a recession, um, um, and, you know, people were losing their homes, people were losing their jobs, you know, people couldn't feed themselves. I mean, um, and here I am, you know, making all this money. Um, and here I am living this lavish lifestyle and flying all across the country to perform. And, you know, I'm getting paid $30,000, $40,000 a show just to just to get on the microphone. So, yes, I mean, when, when I when I came up 
when I had to think of the title album, um, uh, a title for the album, um, I, I recorded the song Guilt. That was, that was one of the first songs I recorded um, for the album. And when I recorded and I started reciting the words, I'm like, yes, this is it. This is like, this is my emotion um, going into this project. This is how I feel about where I am compared to where other people are. And it wasn't that, that, I, that I wasn't blessed or felt grateful. It was just more like, like man, like, like you know, what did I do so special that I, that, I, that I don't have to feel this part, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, and I know that um, sometimes people, celebrities that blow up and they, they start making like these, these figures you're talking about 30, 40,000 a show and you're playing three shows a week. You know, um, they've they've said that all of a sudden they have a third cousin that they never knew that needs braces. So did you did you get any of that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean, I still do. You know, I still get it now. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like, um, you know, it, it's tough. Right. Because, you know, you, you definitely want to help people out. You want to you want to, you know, um, you know, give people a, a, a different perspective or, or an advantage that they probably never felt that they have. And I have, I've, I've helped a lot of people in my life, but I think what I realize is that, you know, you it's tough to help everyone. It's tough to save them all. And I think that guilt factor is the reason why rappers, why entertainers, why ball players, why football players, basketball players, they go broke because, because they end up wanting to make other people understand what they, what they, going through what they can relate to and i think that that's you know that's uh that's something that that um it's going to keep happening until we kind of until we kind of educate uh from a different perspective on how to how to you know i mean like i, I look at lebron james for example like lebron um as a basketball player has, has been phenomenal because what he was what he was able to do um not just on the court but off the court with his friends you know helping them build businesses and and you know building businesses together uh, you know, we're building schools and things of that nature. So yeah, this is a little bit more deep of a conversation. Um, but but the, the you know the truth of the matter is that uh, that that guilty factor is it, it plays a lot in life, and and it certainly um, played a toll in my life during that time. Yeah, absolutely. And then you see you see other artists like Chance the Rapper for what he did in Chicago, and Big Sean what he's doing in Detroit you know, giving back to their communities and helping building schools, just like you said with LeBron. Um, it's almost like the opposite of um, survivor guilt. You know, when when a, a group of people die except for one person and they say, why was I yeah. the one to survive? It's like the opposite of that. How did I succeed in everyone else's suffering? So Exactly. Um, exactly. That's this, this a great analogy. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, I love that you're so humble about it and, and you want to do right for everybody. And cause I know that there's, and I don't want to say any, I know there's artists out there that just, you know, I made it, I grinded, I did it. Like you can do it too, but I'm not, I'm not helping you, you know? And so. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I know, you know, and I respect those artists as well. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I don't, I do respect those artists as well. I think um, to each his own, right. To whatever makes you feel, because what I've realized in my life is that, the more you help sometimes, the more you actually hurt. Um, meaning, meaning, you know, um, and the famous saying is you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Sometimes when you 
be that that helping hand to lead that horse to water and then they decide that they that you know um they'd rather drink from your cup every single time it just it it's a difficult thing to take in man but like i said that's that's probably deeper than you you want to go in this interview but um you know hopefully um maybe someone out there that, that this message is resonating with them and then they could say ah okay cool i get it i understand Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And, you know, maybe there's the, maybe in the future, there'll be room for a, a follow-up interview where we can talk about a little bit more deep things like that. We'll see. Absolutely. So Absolutely. um, I have to say move was one of my favorite music videos when it came out. Do you remember anything significant from working on that set? Uh, You know what? The, the one thing I will say is that we, we went on, we went into that video knowing that we would use, um, what at the time was brand new technology, but people use it to, to this day still, the Phantom camera, which is, it's, it records in slow motion. So I, I believe it's like one of the, one of the uh, best cameras for recording in slow motion. Um, and I had heard about this technology, uh, I think in 2008, when we went, when we, when we were soliciting for, uh, for directors and I'm like, man, I gotta use that camera. So um, all of those slow motion effects that you see and things being slowed down and twisted and turned, um, we kind of went into it. I, I really wanted to kind of do a lot more with it, but it but it wasn't within the budget and the, or the means at the time. So I had to kind of settle um, for for you know what we did with, with move, which was still great. Don't get me wrong, it was still a great uh, video, and you know, um, and, and I had a, I had a lot of fun filming that. Absolutely. Like just the dancers, like, it, you know, they'll go to spin and be stopped and then reversed and gone forward a few times. It's just a, it's such a unique and yeah, at the time it was like, Whoa, how the hell did they do this? Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and obviously, you know, there's tricks in like, behind filmmaking and everything. But at the time I remember being like straight shook, like, how did they do this? Like what, you know, and if, if you guys haven't seen it, I'll put a link in the description box below. Um, the song is Move by Mims, and it's it's called Move If You Wanna by Mims, and it's mm-hmm. fantastic. To this day, it's still, like, very awesome, you know, even considering that it was filmed, um, was it 2008, 2009? 2009, 2000, yeah, we might have filmed it in 2008 and released it in 2009, but yeah, around, around that time. Yeah, yep. and it's, you know, over 10 years later, and it's still... It's still really cool, um, I don't, you know, editing and and the and the, and the, yeah. the song itself is really really cool. So I, I suggest everybody listening to check out that right after this interview. For sure. Um, so you took a lot of the distribution of this record into your own hands and hired a street team to push it to radio DJs. Are there mm-hmm. any DJs that you would like to shout out in being instrumental in the success of Guilt? Oh man, that's tough. Um, honestly, I, I, I'm going to keep it real general. I'm going to shout out to all of the DJs. Um, and I'll say this, you know, um, I, I started out as a DJ when I was 13 years old. I, I got, I love, I got, I found a love for music, um, as a DJ. And, um, even still to this day, I still have a turntable set that I play around with every so often. Um, DJs are underrated for what they do and, and what they provide. I mean, if it wasn't for a DJ, I wouldn't, if it wasn't for the DJs, I wouldn't be here. That's one. Um, and two, um, just, just the fact that they, they can, they can listen to music, understand where to place it to get people to, to feel a certain mood. Um, I, I love entertaining. 
a crowd, but I feel like DJs are, are they have to do it at a faster pace. Um, and yeah, maybe it's not their music, um, but but they still have to understand when to play it and how to play it and, and how to how it affects people's mood. So, um, so I mean, shout to all the DJs out there because because I mean, and and not just the big ones, you know. I mean, yeah, shout to the big DJs as well, but shout to the ones that are in the clubs, you know. Shout to the ones that are in the bars and, um, you know, because because once again, if if you I get a call maybe once or twice a week saying, "Hey, man, I'm I'm in this bar, I'm in this this club, and and this DJ's playing. This is why I'm hot, or this DJ's playing. Move if you want to, or like this." And um, to to this day, it's still you know I still I'm still just as appreciative of it every time I get those type of calls when people are listening to my music that that's almost 15, 14, 15 years old. It's incredible. Absolutely. When I was um, when you agreed to do this, uh, I told some of my coworkers, I was like, "You guys are never going to believe." Uh, who I'm going to interview and they were like who and I was like Mims and they're like oh the, the, this is why I'm hot guy and they all started singing and dancing to it in the lobby yeah. of my work so it's nice. definitely a song that resonates with people and you know it's it's it was one of those original club bangers from when I got out of high school and I'm you know hitting the bars in the clubs I mean if it didn't come on at least once it was like you know we were kind of like you know does this guy even know what he's doing so <laughs> the DJs that knew about Move If You Wanna and um, Like This and This Is Why I'm Hot. Yeah, those those are the guys, the Brito DJs, those are the guys making it making it happen for their artists. So I agree with you. Big shout out to them. That's what's up. So um, around 2016, you decided to chase down your passion of technology and develop an app to assist with up and coming artists in the recording space. Could you tell us a little bit about your app and who should download it? Uh, yeah, so um, so I mean, this this deeper story than than just any. Um, I basically created uh, um, this app called the Creator App, which allows anyone, no matter where they are, to use their cell phone as a recording studio. So I mean, one of the one of the most expensive factors in being a musician is is actually being able to record yourself. Um, and I, I've spent. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars on studio and studio equipment, um, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, actually. Um, and and I, I always think back and I say, well, man, had I spent that money, but nothing would have ever would have ever cultivated with my career. Um, that would be like a really hefty investment um, that I would have made and gotten nothing in return. Um, and a lot of people want to they have like a burning desire to be a musician but they don't have the means or the outlets of doing it. So, so yes, I have an app called Creator, which is spelled C-R-E-8-T-O-R. Uh, um, it's, it's in the iOS store now. You can download it and, and uh, essentially it'll turn your iPhone or smartphone into a recording studio. I also have a lot of uh, uh, producer friends of mine who actually uploaded their music on there. So you can kind of take a test drive and try it out and just see, even if it's just to have fun, you utilize the app just to record um, right now we are iOS exclusive. Uh, we did have an Android version, but Android is such a headache in, in the uh, in the um, uh, the pro you know the uh, building process, um, the coding process that we kind of had to like remove it to rebuild it. So that that should be out really shortly as well. Awesome. And you know what it makes me think of is all those like super talented artists out there that have a message and have a voice and 
have raw talent and they just simply can't afford to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to get into a recording studio. And, you know, this is the kind of app that, you know, they can download and, and get their voice heard and get it out there and put it on SoundCloud and put it on YouTube and, and get it played. Exactly. So yeah, you're making it happen for a lot of people. And, and, you know, I really respect you for doing that. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Awesome. So, um, one of your missions is to do away with the stereotypes involved with black entrepreneurs in the technological space. Could you speak to that experience and what it means to you? Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, quite honestly, when I, when I, uh, when I first originally wanted to, to obviously get into the space, um, I noticed that there was, you know, a disparity in, in, in people who kind of looked like me, who had the ability to get funded from some of these bigger venture capitalists and, and these firms. Um, and, you know, it's been a long road even for me in the technology space, but, but, but I think, um, um, you know, it's a, it's an amazing space. I mean, listen, me and you wouldn't be talking if it wasn't for technology, you know, like the zoom, um, and then music, music wouldn't be listened to if it wasn't for technology, like Spotify or, or Apple music. Um, so, so technology is the wave of the future. However, um, you know, when you, when you look at how many, uh, black owned tech companies are, are prominent, um, especially in the creative process, like with creating apps, like, like Instagram, um, there really is very little far, but even probably none, to be honest with you. Yes. From an investment standpoint, there are many, many black entrepreneurs that make a great amount of money in the, uh, in the tech space investing, but, um, but I'm talking more on the creative side. So, um, I myself, I bootstrapped, and, and and what that means is that I took my own money. Me and my co-founders, we've taken our own money and invested it in ideas that we that we have. So, um, I mean, eventually, I just want to see, you know, I want to see uh, uh, more faces like mine, kind of in the industry, especially when I go out to some of these different um, uh, conventions and, and and whatnot. Awesome, and have and in the in the past few years, have you seen a rise in and like you said, people that look like you getting into the technological creative space, have you, have you witnessed any of that yet? Absolutely. Um, and, and the reason why I know is because I, I mean, obviously I, I'm, I'm appreciative of you reaching out to do the podcast. I've been getting a lot of requests to do podcasts and I know mainly some of it is about asking me questions about my past, but a lot of it has to do with what I've, what I've been doing currently. And that just shows me that, um, that the world is paying attention. And, and as long as I know that they're paying attention, um, then there's somebody out there that's looking and saying, okay, cool, I can do, I wanna do what, what he's doing, or I wanna be able to enhance what he's doing. And that's all you could ask. So, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm 100% I'm certain that it's changing for the better. And I think that I think that as a as a world and as and as a the technological community can only benefit from creators of all backgrounds and, and walks of life and colors to get in there and you know put their voice forward and, and get their their ideas heard and and so absolutely absolutely and I'm and I'm I'm you know I will be downloading the creator app here soon I'm not much of a musician but um, I do want to see what it's about and I suggest that everybody. Um, download it, especially if you're an up-and-coming artist and, and, and you want an easy way to record um, and in an expensive way to record, definitely check it out, and I will put a link in the description box below for you guys. Much appreciated. Um, 
so moving on a little bit, um, do you think that performing music is behind you? Um, no, I don't. Um, I, I think that uh, as I get older, um, and I will be celebrating a, a birthday really shortly, um, what I realize is that, uh, that, that the actual culture of hip hop has grown up. Um, and, and what that means is that, that uh, there's a, there's, I, I've made a stamp in, in the place of hip hop and music and, and rap music. And, and, um, and that's a great thing because I, I feel like 10, 15 years down the line, I'll still be, you know, going to venues and, 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 and you know, performing. Um, will I create new content? I'm still a little torn about that. I think eventually I will. Um, maybe, possibly in the near future, even. Um, but but for now, I, I think that the performance side, I, I'm 100 percent going to be on that road as much as I can just to show face to people um, and have a good time out there because I definitely enjoy performing for sure. Absolutely. And and like you said, music has been such a part of your life since since you were very young and so mm-hmm. I, you know i'm sure that it calls to you and it makes you want to get back in and write and and perform so you know we can't wait you know hopefully it does happen really soon and you know i'll be one of the first ones downloading that album so thank you <laughs> thank you thank you so um what's on your horizon what should your fans be looking out for it, it could be music or the technological space uh, right now, yeah, tech technology is where is where I'm at. What's where my heart is. I mean, I would say, um, uh, just stay on the lookout for different ideas that I introduce, uh, different things that I have going on in the space. Um, um I'm always looking to 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 be disruptive and 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 to push the culture forward. So, you know, I, I like to deal in the music space with technology, but who knows? Maybe I'll venture off into some other other spaces as well. Um, but in the meantime, you know, I'm want to keep continuing to make uh, things for, uh, you know, professional um, musicians or, or amateur or semi-professional musicians. So, yeah, I mean, technology is definitely where it's at right now for me. Very cool. Very cool. Um, well, I, I think I'm all out of questions, Sean. Is there anything that you'd like to talk about or shout out before we jump off? Oh no, man! But I mean, one of these days you gotta you gotta show me the uh, the, the RV life, and and I would love to like learn about traveling because I because I've always that was been a dream of mine to get in an RV and actually travel the country. So, uh, hopefully, one of these days I'll be interviewing you, man. <laughs> you know, I would absolutely love to to give you like a little virtual tour of my RV and tell you how I got into it and what I'm doing, and yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Nice. Well, perfect. I'll be looking forward to that. Absolutely. And everybody, I will put a link to uh, Mim's music videos and his socials in the description box below, as, as well as a link to the creator app and everything else that we talked about in the interview. I highly suggest you uh, you reach out to him if you have any cool ideas. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Perfect. Wow. What a fantastic interview with Mims. I think I remember this interview for a long, long time. If you have any questions or suggestions about who I should have on the show next, you can find me on Twitter at DitchingP. That's D-I-T-C-H-I-N-G-P. I will also leave a link to all of Mim's videos as well as how you can contact him if you have any questions. Awesome, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode and uh, stay gnarly, my friends.